2013 Caffeine and Kilo's Invitational, we actually had coffee there. And how that came about is we're talking about the event and we were talking about the apparel and everything and the Caffeine and Kilo's. And we're like, you know what? Like we all drink coffee. That's kind of how Caffeine and Kilo's came up. Like, man, everyone we know that likes to lift weights, drinks coffee and, and it all kind of works together. Um, you know, caffeine obviously is the number one, like tested and proven ergogenic aid and all that. And, and everyone's just hammering caffeine down in the weightlifting community. So we, uh, we said, well, let's, uh, what if we, what if we make our own blend of coffee? Welcome to the bar bend podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to Caffeine and Kilo's co-founder and CEO, Danny Lear. Danny is also an accomplished weightlifter and won gold at the 2019 Masters World Cup for weightlifting. Danny joins the podcast to talk about the unlikely origins of Caffeine and Kilo's including the accidental revelations that led them on the path to selling both athletic lifestyle apparel and high-end coffee blends. We talk about training and weightlifting while balancing a full-time job and family, how to grow a business that gives back to the lifting community, and of course, what makes a great coffee blend. Also, I want to take a second to say we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbend podcast in your app of choice. I'd also recommend subscribing to the Barbend newsletter to stay up to date on all things strength. Just go to barbend.com slash newsletter to start becoming the smartest person in your gym today. Now let's get to it. Danny, thanks so much for joining us. The... uh distinction that I get to add to your name now is, is a relatively new one. And that is world champion in, uh, in masters weightlifting. And I, I gotta, I gotta say, does it, does it feel any different to be a world champ these days? Well, let, let me tell you what, what's going on with that is it's a title that my seven-year-old daughter is very impressed with. Um, but my wife still doesn't give a shit about. So I guess that's like most accomplishments in your life. Once you, uh, once you have kids, so. I mean, I, okay. So I, it is worth saying it's not, it's not for nothing. Right. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people, yeah, sure. a lot of people, a lot of people like to kind of poo poo on like masters strength sports. Yeah. I'm a big fan of them, obviously, but let's, yeah. let's talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about that. How did you yeah. become, we got plenty to go into in this podcast, but how right. did you become a, a, a master's world champion in weightlifting? So I competed in weightlifting uh, from 2010 um, until around 2015 or so, uh, mostly for California Strength, which is a great weightlifting team, um, you know, top of the nation. And, and that was a lot of fun when I was lifting for that team because they really, they treat you like a pro athlete. Once you start qualifying for national meets, then you're just kind of, you're set, you're good. They, they buy your flights out there. They pay for your food while you're there. They pay for your hotel room. You know, you just got to kind of show up at the airport on time. And, uh, and if you need, they'll give you a ride there too. And then just show up and lift, you know, that weekend. So it was a really cool experience with doing that and with the team. But individually, the best I ever got was fifth at a national level meet. Um, I got seventh at national championships. I got fifth at the American Open when there was just the one American Open, like the American Open finals. Um, but I never medaled. And that was kind of the last um, goal I had on weightlifting that I hadn't accomplished. When I first started 
my coach laid it out for me. He said, Hey, you know, I think you have a lot of potential. So this is what we're going to do. You're going to qualify for the American open and you're just going to go and have fun. And then next you're going to qualify for nationals and go lift and have fun. Then you're going to go back to the American open and place top 10. Then you're going to go back to nationals, place top 10. And then we're going to start meddling. And I did everything he said to, except the last thing I, I didn't, I never meddled. That was the one thing. And so close that, you know, the fifth and the seventh. So I just had a little bit of a monkey on my back. Um, and then in 2013, caffeine and kilo started. That's also the year that I uh, had my first child. Um, good timing there. Right. And so things got pretty busy and it just, you know, as you get older and other things are going on. And, and so I was, um, I have a gym, Captain Kilo's taken off. I was teaching, but I quit teaching. And so weightlifting is just something I didn't, I definitely took the back burner to say the least. Um, and so I never planned on competing as a master. Uh, then as a uh, master's world cup was going to be in San Diego, a good friend of mine, uh, James F. Thomas, who he does the master circuit. He goes and just wins every master's world cup except for around. He's, he's been trying to get me to do it. He's like, Hey man, uh, master's world cups in San Diego. Uh, if you turn 35, so you're going to be, you know, qualified to lift as a master. It's never going to be this close. You know, last year it was in fucking Germany or whatever, right? Like just go down there and lift, do this one meet. It's like, this is an opportunity. It's so close, but all right, well, Again, I kind of had that, that monk on my back of not, not ever getting that medal at a national meet. And I thought, well, this isn't a national meet, but I guess this can count for that medal. Um, so I just kind of started, started training again a little bit. And I, had, I think it was like 20 weeks away. And the, the way the schedule worked out, it was perfect. So I just kind of trained for eight weeks. And then and I, I'd still been working out. I wasn't lifting heavy, but I was in decent shape, whatever, you know, doing, doing CrossFit a couple days a week. And, and I, 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 you know, I fucked around with the lifts a little bit. Um, and so I just trained eight weeks, did a local meet, uh, got a total. And then I had exactly 12 more, uh, weeks of training. So it was eight week cycle, local meet for a total 12 week cycle and down to San Diego, um, for the, for the world cup. And so it, uh, ended up working out pretty good. I, I lifted all right. I lifted, uh, really well in the clean and jerk anyway, and, uh, didn't, did enough to win. And that was kind of the goal. Well, that's the one that matters, right? That's why it's the king of the lifts. Like you can have a right. terrible snatch day, but you, you need to make your clean and jerks. And, and at the end of the day, yeah. like you can hit a snatch PR, snatch world record. If you don't total, it doesn't matter, Danny. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, it's like the Olympics. They don't even medal, right? It's only total. They, they don't medal for snatch and for clean and jerk. So, so it really is the only thing that matters is making a clean and jerk, right? All right. So two, two follow-up questions. You're a world champion now. Does, does anyone else besides your daughter treat you differently because of that? Oh, I don't think so. Uh, maybe I hope not. I don't, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll tell you what my, the best part for me was, is that I, uh, well, two, two little things. One is that it really gave me a sense of purpose of training again. I kind of felt like I wasn't totally ready to be done, but maybe, mm -hmm. right. I was kind of in this thing, like I'm kind of over it. I got a lot of things, a lot of other things going on, but I also like, I still move pretty well. I'm in decent shape. You know, I kind of feel like I got something to prove a little bit still. And so it was like, okay, well I can go and I could do this meet. And then after that, I'll know, like, I definitely want to keep pursuing this or I'll do this meet and then be like, okay, now I feel like I can kind of hang it up you know? Mm -hmm. And so that, that's what, what I really enjoyed was the training going up to it. I haven't felt that, um, when I'm training for a meet, th things get serious. <laughs> um, I like, I do not miss a session. I do not skip a single rep of my training. I, you know, I show up, I put the work in 
And so just kind of uh, re- rekindling that dedication to training, you know, for those that half a year, those 20 weeks, whatever was, was, uh, was fun, you know, the, the lead up to it. But also fun is an interesting way to put it. I was also fucking miserable for those 20 weeks because, you know, it's like I had so many other things going on and it's, it's just, uh, it was, it was hard to get it done. And I remember thinking a bunch of times like, man, this meet better be fun because like, I do not want to be doing this shit right now. Like while I was in training, you know, um, are we going to see a, a, a Danny return to national competition in, in America? Not that, well, competitions right. are just remote now, uh, we, we right. don't have any on the, you know, on the schedule, but is, is that something that you're like, Oh, maybe, maybe I'll try and get that, that nationals what, medal again. What I kind of found is that I, uh, no, definitely not in the, <laughs> definitely, definitely not in the, um, open category. Uh, and ma- when I was training for this, this master's meet, I actually kind of had that thought a few times. I'm like, you know what? Like I, if I do this for another, you know, 20 weeks or so, like I could definitely compete again against, you know, whoever, so I'm the, not, not as a master athlete. Um, but then I also had the, the realization, like, I'm not really, enjoying this so much now, right? Like now it's very much a means to an end and kind of like I'm pursuing this thing. Um, but you know, it's like the, uh, anyway, whereas the difference is I'm, I have a great time working out right now. Mm. Like I, I go to the gym, I, I do the CrossFit class, um, two days a week. And then on one or two other days, I kind of get in there and work out and, and like, it's fun. Uh, my body feels good. Um, I, you know, and that's when you're training for something like this, you're, you don't feel good. You feel awful and your body feels awful. And, um, but it's all worth it, right? Because it's all about trying to maximize performance. Um, so that's, that's, that's where it's at. It's, it's also, it's almost a bit of a misnomer, like masters athletes. Like you're, you're, when you're, as soon as you're 35 years old, you're right. kind of thrust into this category yeah. of like, Oh, you're, you're over the hill. So you have to go compete in like this, this special division for old yeah. people. It's not to say that like, you can't be pretty darn good at weightlifting at there. I mean, Chad right. Vaughn, he, he was like, yeah. a half step away from winning another national championship at 39. I saw that right. it was over a year ago, right? Like you can, uh, you can still hang. It's not like you're, you're past any physical capability, but you yeah. know, it's, I, I don't know. I always thought 35, like it makes sense because at a certain point in your thirties, your recovery just isn't what it used to be. I think it's the, I think it's outside the gym stuff mainly. Mm. Like when you're in order to compete at the high level or that, that level, the volume of training and the, the recovery um, from that, you know, takes, it takes certain things to do that. A lot of times, once you're 35, most people, you you have other things going on. You're in more of a career type of right. a job. Um, you, you know, if you're married, if you have kids, it's, it's kind of all those outside the gym factors that are really inhibiting you from, from doing more um, on the platform. And then there's fun, fun stories also like uh, Jason Starks, who's a oh, yeah. teammate at Cal Strength. I remember in uh, Nationals and Masters World Cup were actually at the same venue back to back. And so he actually competed at the Masters, or maybe it's Masters Nationals. Might have been World Championships. Anyway, he competed in the Masters meet, um, like broke the American record in the snatch, whatever, won the thing, and then, um, but didn't really max out. That was like his last heady day on the Thursday. And then on Sunday, lifted at Nationals. And I think he got, you know, I think he placed like second at National Championships, you know, three days after winning the Masters Worlds. 
Yeah, so. he's he's a pretty special athlete. I don't I don't know if everyone's going to be doing that in their late thirties. I should just qualify <laughs> that. Yeah, that that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. let's rewind a little bit because you you talk about your busy schedule, and I know you as a very busy guy. You're a gym owner. You're an entrepreneur. You're a, a, a now, I guess, com- competitive, once again, competitive lifter. But let's go back to that. You referenced 2013 when you started Caffeine and Kilos. And I think that while most people in the space, at least, especially in the weightlifting community, but also in the CrossFit community, powerlifting, even strongman, they're familiar with the brand. I don't think people are as familiar with the reason you started the brand and some of the goals from back in 2013 that still guide the company today. So if you wouldn't mind diving into those a little bit, I'd love to hear a little bit more on your perspective there. Yeah. So our main goal at that time, uh, the company was almost an accident. <laughs> we, we originally, we just wanted to host a big weightlifting meet that supported the sport. Like at the time, we're just like, okay, how can we get the best weightlifters in the country together? Because at that time, not that there's a ton of money in the sport now, but back then there was almost nobody was getting paid with sponsorships. And it was just right. a totally different kind of, you know, outlook there. So we said, okay, if we, we get them out here, if we give a cash prize to these weightlifters and put them in front of an audience, right? Like they don't really, at this time it was like, you go to, you know, national championships and it's like other lifters and, you know, maybe your parents, um, but they probably don't really understand what you're doing anyway. And and that's kind of it. And so we said, okay, if we can give them a a crowd that understands what they're doing, like people are going to cheer for them and and pay cash prizes this will be a lot of fun it'll really kind of help support usa weightlifting and support the athletes that are chasing that olympic dream you know and then along with that we can help hold a crossfit style competition which can be a great community event so we can get these do a team competition get all these people from the community out here and then we can have them you know compete and have a lot of fun doing that We can get vendors, almost make it like a festival type thing. And then at the end of the day, have this one invite session where they can watch the best lifters in the country compete. And so that was kind of the the main goal. And and then along with that, kind of simultaneously, they ended up being the same idea. We didn't know it at first, though, is that at at that time, kind of apparel within the fitness industry was... I don't know how to, a lot of things were really kind of corny, right? Like if you get a shirt, it what you might wear that shirt to the gym, but you probably wouldn't wear it to your niece's birthday party, right? Just kind of, um, kitschy sayings on them and just stuff like that, that, that doesn't make sense anywhere outside the gym. And we're like, man, well, when we make the shirts for this event, we should make sure that they look good and they're, you know, good looking shirts and, and stuff you can kind of wear in and out of the gym. And one of my co-founders, Dean, he had a little street brand, uh, kind of on the side. And so he's, he's just, he's cool. He's cooler than, than we are, David. And, uh, probably most people. <laughs> so he just knows what looks good and, and that type of thing. And so he started, he designed the shirt, designed the logo and started putting that stuff together. And then it's like, man, this is something that people just really resonated with. Um, people saw the brand, they saw the apparel, they saw how it was clean. It's, it's almost like it's essentially streetwear um, mm-hmm. style that we just sell that's in the fitness industry. So that's what we say, you know, like most stuff made for the gym doesn't make sense anywhere else. Um, but caffeine and Kilo's products, you know, are all designed to kind of make you feel good and look good and feel amazing, you know, in and out of the gym. Mm-hmm. And so those, those kind of all things together, we realized were the same idea. And it wasn't, it wasn't just a event and it wasn't just this, you know, apparel, um, and coffee brand, there's actually one, one thing that we can promote, you know, a healthy, active lifestyle and a community 
of fitness and and now go to the caffeine kilos invitational now it's there's a uh, powerlifting meet it's pull only it's deadlift meet um, but we do it that way on purpose we can get more people to compete who maybe would be uncomfortable with the mono lift and that type of stuff right so there's a there's a powerlifting component there's a weightlifting component that now is it goes all day long it's a local meet we get over 100 local lifters competing in that and there's still the the fitness you know crossfit style competition so it's really kind of come full circle and it's bringing the community together and and uh and creating products that that people appreciate and you know just helping support that healthy active lifestyle when did when did coffee become a part of this and i, I gotta yeah be, because i i didn't realize it makes sense caffeine and kilos i always thought that was just kind of a cool name and i don't think it was until like the 2015 2016 crossfit games where i was like wait they actually sell coffee yeah. too and i was like wait a minute what's going on here well well it is a cool name so i don't blame you for that you know that was the <laughs> but, <laughs> you're, you're, you're biased but it's a cool yeah, name of course uh yes yeah, so uh, th- that's a question we get a lot. They're like, so whether you guys coffee company and then made the apparel or, or what kind of happened. And the truth is they happened at the same time that, that 2013 caffeine and kilos invitational, we actually had coffee there and how that came about as we we're talking about the event and we were talking about the apparel and everything and the caffeine and kilos. And we're like, you know what? Like we all drink coffee. That's kind of how caffeine and kilos came up. Like, man, everyone we know that likes to lift weights, drinks coffee and, and, it all kind of works together. Um, you know, caffeine obviously is the number one, like tested and proven ergogenic aid and all that. And, and everyone's just hammering caffeine down in the weightlifting community. So we, uh, we said, well, let's, uh, what if we, what if we make our own blend of coffee? Like, what does that look like? How do we do that? And so how you do that is you, if you're not in the coffee industry is you, start Googling people who local roasters. (laughs) And so we just started calling, um, started calling local, local roasters and talking to them and kind of telling them what our vision is and what we're, what we're all about. And we had one guy in particular was just all on board. He was all pumped up. And so we started working with him and he's actually still roast for us today because he's right here in Sacramento close by. And, and so he does all of our roasting for us still. So at that first Caffeine Kills Invitational, we had, um, I think we had like one tank top, a hat and coffee. This is the most like fortuitous business story I've ever heard because you always hear about like, you know, IBM started like this and then they launched this division later on and then they built this or Apple started with computers and then they did the iPhone right. and the iPad and the I, you know, the iPod and watches came later. But this is just like your full suite of offerings. You nailed it from the, you nailed it from the get go. It's just been iterations on that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really, that's funny. You say that that's absolutely it, you know, but it went from the one blend of coffee. Now we kind of have, uh, we have four blends that we always have in stock, but right now with our, our best thing we offer, honestly, is we have a coffee of the month and the coffee of the month is awesome because it's every month. It's a, it's a different blend. They all have a little bit higher caffeine content. Um, nothing's added. It's just the types of beans and the way they're blended and roasted. Um, but it's kind of fun because it's, you try coffees from all over the world and, you know, it's fun for us because we go in and we, you know, taste these 10 different coffees and pick our top, top six for the next six months. And then we, uh, the month ahead of time, we kind of taste them and name them and, and put together all that type of stuff. And, uh, that's right now. I mean, that's our most popular product is that coffee of the month when it's anyway, it's a lot of fun. 
When, when was there, was there a moment along the way? I mean, obviously that 2013 event was transformational and, and you all realized you were onto something good, but I, I want to give a little backstory. Here's my impression of caffeine kilos. You and I had connected uh, 2015, 2016. It was like when Barbara was kind of getting off the ground, I was at a lot of events. It's just like a dude with curly hair getting involved in <laughs> some other stuff. I did a, did a lot of consulting for businesses. I was a gym owner. I was yeah. just kind of around. And I remember the 2016 games, I tried to say hi to you and I couldn't because the caffeine and kilos booth was getting 2016 CrossFit games, Carson, California was getting overrun, just like just completely overrun with people. You had a line out of the booth and it was like interfering with other booths. Like I could see them side eyeing (laughs) you all because people like weren't able to check out their products as they were all trying to get the latest caffeine and kilos drop. So I saw that in 2016, three years later. What was the moment you were like, people are really, really latching on to this? Man, it's, I don't, there's been a few things. I don't, trying to think of exact moments, it's kind of hard uh, because honestly, it was a whirlwind. Like that's, you know, people talk about the hockey stick curve, but that doesn't really apply to us too much because you have to have a flat part at the beginning. Mm. Um, and it really, we just shot off. Like it was straight out the gate. We, um, with the event and everything, I mean, we had the best weightlifters in the country all coming out to do this meet. And so they're all talking about it because they're going to come out and win a cash prize. And so then it's just instant, instant, uh, marketing. And this also is 2013, like Instagram was just starting at the time. Influencer marketing wasn't a term back then. I don't think it was just kind of, you're just giving stuff to people or <laughs> sending stuff out. Um, wasn't an official term anyway. And so we, and also we're just pretty connected in the CrossFit community as well. So people started wearing our stuff and, and I mean, we started start selling stuff online before the Captain Kills Invitational actually happened. It was supposed to be like this one event and people started buying the stuff online ahead of time. And, um, so anyway, so it just, it took off. Um, and so just, I remember we were, uh, operating out of the addict of a gym at the time, which if anyone wants to start a, a physical product e-commerce business i would not recommend uh, the upstairs attics of a gym the, the hot uh, the hottest part of an already hot building yeah with like not to code stairs going up you got to take boxes down somehow and like taking product up them this is a total total mess um, but i remember like these orders just keep, keep coming in and i remember um just all of a sudden it's like there's a bunch of international orders too like it's not just from around and not, they're all over the country and it's just like Every day these orders were coming in. I remember that was like the thing where like, oh, this is a this is like a real thing. People are really catching on. And then, like you said, at at the CrossFit Games, actually, um, 2014 was our first year there, and we didn't know what to expect. We we had some friends kind of in uh in the industry that had been to games a few times. We kind of got some advice on um, you know, how on good booth setups. And mm-hmm. I'd been to the games as a spectator. Um, as, or a coach, I actually coached a few people there at different times, um, since from when they were in Aromas, you know, so mm. I kind of knew what was going on, the layout of the land and everything. But I remember that year we showed up and, and we just, I mean, it was, it was a madhouse, just the way things were selling. Um, and when the one year, another one that stands out was worth the Arnold. And we, at this time, we still weren't necessarily shipping pallets of product out. We were still, I mean, this is probably 2014 or maybe 2015, but we were going out there, didn't really know what to expect. You know, the Arnold, there's a weightlifting meet, sure. There's powerlifting, there's all that. But, you know, it's a little bit outside of what we think is our kind of niche. But we don't know how many bodybuilders or people have even heard of us in that industry. So we, we go out there and just basically take a bunch of suitcases full of product 
and uh, we sold out like Saturday at noon. And so then we there's like a full day and a half of this event. We had nothing to sell. And so we would run to Kinko's again, which cards printed up that, you know, with a code to go to our website and that type of thing. Just sat at the booth and talked to people and handed out the codes. But it's those experiences of like, oh, we completely sold everything we have two days before the event's over. Um, there's th- those types of things were, were pretty eye-opening. Um, people come up to us who have nothing, who've never never tried CrossFit a day in their life, um, and but they still are aware of the brand. Um, so there's those types of things that really kind of, uh, yeah, at the time, you're just like, oh man, that's, who knew, you know? <laughs> let's, let's fast forward to today, Caffeine and Kilos today, because I know your team has changed a little bit. It, it's, it's grown. Obviously, you're not operating out of the dingy attic of a, of a gym anymore, but like, what does the operation look like today? How many people do you have? What are your, mm-hmm. faci- what are your facilities like? Um, yeah. you know, what's that kind of level of sophistication? I mean, we're still a pretty small team. That's the the beauty of e-commerce. If you do it the right way and, and the way things work now with um, being able to freelance certain things as far yeah. as like little graphics and stuff. Um, we've had people in and out. But overall now, there are uh, there's eight of us, eight of us on the team total. Um, and that's everybody. Like that's including um, as far as uh, marketing, um, general admins, a couple guys uh, working the warehouse out there and all that. And so, yeah, there's about seven, seven or eight of, eight of us, eight of us on the team right now. Um, myself and Dean, my business partner, I mean, we're still uh, very involved in the, the day-to-day operations, making sure everything kind of goes, um, keeps the train on the tracks, and all that type of stuff. Um, yeah, we're here in Elk Grove. We have a warehouse. We do have a little uh, storefront here um, now that's all set up, although no one can visit it right now. Um, but, but it's there. Um, so, uh, that was kind of the, the latest, uh, iteration off this. It's not just, um, not only the, the shipping online and occasional warehouse sale, but we do have a storefront where people could pop in and kind of pick some stuff up. Yeah. In, in brighter, in brighter days, when things calm down a bit, hopefully it'll, there'll be a line out the front door. It looks really nice. I'm going to take it out through the window there. <laughs> <laughs> look better with a lot of people in there. It'll look better with some people. Yeah, that's true. The, the other thing I want to kind of dive in on the caffeine kilos front is, um, and this is something that happens both behind the scenes and you all actually, um, I'm, I'm biased. We've known each other for a while. Yeah. And, and so like, I'm not going to come at this from a perfect, from a, like a standpoint of perfect objectivity. Right. But mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot that caffeine and kilos does behind the scenes or that people in the strength community might not be aware of that supports the, that supports weightlifting, that supports healthy lifestyles, yeah. that supports the athletes. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I asked that some of this I'm privy to because you're a sponsor of USA weightlifting, right? Barbara's a partner of USA weightlifting, like yeah. we're in email threads. Like we, we, we see this, yeah. let's talk about some of those things that you all do to support the, the governing bodies, the organization yep. and the athletes. I mean, yeah. So we're the official coffee of USA weightlifting. Um, that's actually great. We've, we've actually supported USA weightlifting all along. And, and it's kind of funny how our relationship started with them. I think it was 2015. Um, might've been 2014. It was kind of funny. They sent out an email to the, to the athletes actually. And they said, Hey, we need new platforms for a warmup room. Mm. And so they were selling plaques, um, just like little, you know, six inch plaques, whatever, then go on the platforms they said, Hey, for whatever it was $500, um, you could get the, uh, you put whatever you want on this plaque, basically just like pay for the platform. Um, and you know, the idea was that someone would do it for a coach that they have that they really, you know, admired or something like that. 
And so I just uh, replied to the email. Um, I got it because I was a, a member of USA Weightlifting. Not they didn't even send out to the sponsors. I think I got the same email back then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I said, "Hey, uh, how many of these do you have left? Like, how many have you sold? How many have you left?" And they said, "Oh, how many do you have left? Uh, all of them. Like, no, no takers, right?" And this was like the it was a day or two later. There had been plenty of you know time for somebody. And I was like, "Okay, well, um, we'll take them all." And so that's what we did. And so Caffeine and Kilos just bought all ten of them. And then we didn't make it this big thing. Just on the plaque, all we said is, you know, proud supporter of USA Weightlifting, caffeine and kilos, and that was it. And that was the kind of the first thing we did that was, uh, you know, relatively substantial, um, you know, monetary gift for USA Weightlifting donation. Okay, well, this is something that we we know we can do. We know will help. Um, and they obviously were in need of that. And then the other part was what I really liked about it, it was something that directly affected the athletes. Mm. You know, and that's something we've really. Uh, been a, been a big part of what we do with USA Weightlifting all along. It's been, what can we do that, that, um, I mean, the organization is, is important and I want to support that, but I like things that actually affect the athletes when they're there. And a part of that's probably from, you know, cause I lifted at whatever 26 weightlifting meets that I've done, you know, and I know kind of what it's like to, to be there. And so then like the following year, um, they didn't need new platforms again. Um, but we talked to them and they said, okay, well, you know, what's actually a really big expense, which is kind of silly are lanyards, right? Like every athlete at a national meet gets a lanyard and we have junior nationals and university nationals and great senior nationals and the American open and all this. And we spend however many thousand dollars a year on, on fucking lanyards. And I'm like, all right. So then the next year, Kathy Kilos bought the lanyards for him, you know? Um, so it's things like that we've done with USA weightlifting. And then on a, uh, athlete level. I mean, we have, um, I don't even know the exact number off the top of my head. It's, it's pretty small. Um, we don't, we don't, it's not like dozens, but there's about a dozen athletes, um, within CrossFit powerlifting, weightlifting that we have, um, on our kind of on our team here mm-hmm. that, that we really appreciate and we support them, um, different ways. And we've always, we've done that the entire time. We've had different athletes that we sponsor, uh, to kind of help them, you know, along the way towards their, their goals, whether that's the Olympics or the CrossFit games or, or that type of stuff. And it's been fun. I mean, we started one example is in CrossFit is, is Noah Olson. I mean, we started, um, with him. He hadn't ever gone to the games. He was just, uh, competed at the regionals and that was kind of it, you know, but he was a friend of ours and, and we kind of got to know him pretty good and, and started working together with him. And then you fast forward, you know, seven years and he got second place to the CrossFit games last year. Um, so that was, that was cool. Uh, Morgan King also is a 2016 Olympian, but back in 2013, we started, we kind of met and, and, um, I remember actually like our first national meet, um, in the skating rink, uh, national, <laughs> but <laughs> a whole, whole other story, but it's the same thing. So we were kind of with her and, you know, helped her and support her up through her Olympic run. And, and we've done that with lots of other athletes as well. And then on one more thing that I'm actually excited about, uh, right now that we have going on is, uh, helping out with some, uh, local level programs. Mm. And so there's, um, down in, uh, down in LA, there's a, a weightlifting program, um, that's run by the Kings, of, Kings of weightlifting. And it's, it's an after city or after school inner city program. Kids go there, they help them with their homework. They, um, communicate with all of their teachers, make sure they're all squared away. And after their homework's done for that day, then they train them in weightlifting, and CrossFit or whatever they want to do, that type of thing. 
So it's like somewhere for these kids to go after school. They make sure they get their schoolwork done, all that type of stuff. So we have a relationship with them as well where we accept donations on our website um, and then kind of funnel those over to them and, and help out um, through that as well. Just a few things that we do that we kind of some ongoing efforts and things that I'm that I'm proud of, you know. That's awesome. Those those programs. There's actually one in Boston I'm aware of that we've been oh, covered cool. on Barbed recently called Inner yeah. City Weightlifting. It was actually founded by an old training partner of mine, which kind of dates me and makes me feel a little bit old in in this yeah. whole thing. But it's so cool to me. Yeah, Derek Derek Johnson runs the uh, the one down in L.A. Yeah, John Feynman runs the one in what runs the one in Boston. I'm sure they've communicated awesome. on that. Um, but the cool thing to me is is not just that this is happening. Obviously, it's a good thing. Kids are getting tutoring. They're getting support outside the classroom. But that kids are excited enough about weightlifting. Yeah, for that to be like the the carrot at the end of the stick, right? For right. them to be excited about that. And a big part of that is that weightlifting has increased in popularity. And I have to say, some of that probably goes back to companies like yours that have tried to take it from just what's in the gym to more of a, a lifestyle as well. Like, oh, you're a weightlifter? Well, the other you know, 22 hours of the day, right. how are you representing that? Are you wearing that on the street? So right. um, some of that has to go back to not just caffeine and kilos. I can't give you right. all 100% credit. <laughs> but, but if people aren't repping what they're doing in the gym and if that's not something they identify with or that's cool, then right. kids aren't going to want to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's important. And that's something I think about all the time, um, you know, is, is, and I really do like that's, that really is the goal, uh, as a company is to kind of help promote that healthy, active lifestyle. And it, it's a real thing. Look, if, if only say, let's take apparel, for example, if the apparel you make is something people would wear to the gym, but they would never wear out of the gym. Um, well then if they're not going to the gym, they're not wearing it. It's kind of out of sight, out of mind a little bit, right? Um, but if it's something that you know you feel good and it looks good in and out of the gym, well, then you just go to put that shirt on. You're seeing it in your closet. You're wearing it. Look, if you if you wear our shirt, you know, are you more or less like work out that day or go to the gym, right? Or does it at least make mm-hmm. you you know think about fitness? Well, I'd say it definitely does. Same thing with the coffee. If you make our coffee that morning you know, you're, you might like, you know, that we're a fitness brand, right? Like you make that coffee, you know, that you are uh, casting a vote for being a person that works out. Right. I mean, that's, I think that's a, um, is that a, uh, James Clear line or whatever, right? Like you, every action you take, you're casting a vote for the type of person you want to be. Right. And so that's kind of that. So it's like, when you get up, you, if you're making caffeine and kilos coffee, you're basically casting a vote to yourself saying like, Hey, look, I'm somebody who believes in fitness and a healthy lifestyle. Right. And so I, I really think that does make a difference and, and uh, helps out and kind of keeps fitness top of mind for people. Well, Danny, where's the best place for people to not only follow along with what you all are doing at caffeine and kilos, but with you personally, because I know you're someone who you're active in, in speaking to groups and, mm. uh, you know, fitness is something you're very passionate about, even outside of the, the apparel business, so, right. and apparel and coffee business, not to pigeonhole right. you too bad. Uh, you're okay. Uh, so caffeine and kilos.com, uh, is the best place to find out everything about caffeine and kilos. So caffeine and kilos.com. Me personally on Instagram is probably the easiest way is just, and that's just Danny underscore Lear, which is L E H R. So, um, and if you do find me on Instagram, if you have any questions, I mean, you shoot me a DM. I do read my DMS. I respond to them. Um, love to, love to help out. Feel free to slide into the DMS. That's what he's, oh, yeah. that's Come what he's saying. <laughs> Danny Lear. Thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it, man. All right, David. Thanks. Have a nice day. 